T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome in. Brian Mesrowski here with you for the next hour or so on WBEN. Thanks for joining me. And it's, you know... Uh, one of those days, right? Joe is in here. Don't what? <laughs> what happened? We're going good. Um, and it's a beautiful day outside. Unless you go outside, it's a nice day to look at outside. Not uh, not to go, unfortunately. Uh, lots to get to today. Thanks for. I'm injured. I'm coming in injured. I fell down the stairs yesterday. I have, like, the most dangerous basement stairs in the world, carrying a full thing of laundry. Falling down. And I'm always, I'm like a, I'm a great faller because I do it a lot. You know, used to doing it on the ice a lot. But now down the stairs, too. And so I'm, like, very, as I'm falling, my brain is in action. I know. All right, here we go. Don't hit your head. Right? That's the big thing. So in falling down the stairs, you know, what are you thinking? Don't hit your head. So I'm doing anything to possible. I land uh, like on my my toe. You should see it this morning. It is disgusting. It's It's got to be broken the way I smacked on it. Got my knee all uh, messed up too. So that's just how much I love you. Working injured. You won't. Jack Eichel doesn't do that. You, you won't find many people to do that for you. Here we are, working injured, uh, just for you on WBEN. As I mentioned, lots to get to. Um, we'll start with, uh, how about this in, I mean, the airport situation is very confusing because you have a lot of people, I think a lot of people make the flight from Buffalo to New York City on a daily basis. And that's one, and Philadelphia too, for that matter. And whether it's LaGuardia, JFK, or what's Philadelphia's airport called? I don't know. The Big Philly. PHL, something. Um, It's a weird mask mandate situation, right? It's off just about everywhere. Except, now, tell me if this makes sense. If you're trying to get on a plane in Philadelphia or New York or something, say you take an Uber to the airport. All right, so Uber, Lyft, you don't have to wear a mask in there anymore. When when all the transportation masks came off, it did so there. So drivers, riders don't have to wear a mask. So you don't have to worry about it going in the Uber. Then they drop you off at the airport and you'll walk in and then they ask you to put a mask back on. This is not in Buffalo anymore, but this is in, you know, if you're in New York City or Philadelphia, you got to put the mask back on. You walk through security and you have your mask on. Except when you get to the TSA agent, they say, hey, can you take your mask down? Okay. And then put your mask back on, please. 
And then you walk through, you have to keep it on, and then you uh, hang out by a table or chair in the restaurant, and you could take it off. And then you stand up, and you got to put it back on. You wait in line. They call A3. And then when they finally call you E37, um, then you walk into the line. You keep the mask on. You sit down. On, as soon as you cross the threshold from the big gate and you enter the door of the plane, then you can take it off again. And you're good. So if anyone wants to tell me how that makes sense, I'm all ears. And who that safe. Uh, but it does make sense in the plane. Uh, listen, we go back to 2020 in the early days of the pandemic, and we were talking about air travel. And we were told by the medical experts, listen, a plane's probably the last place you have to worry. Seems counterintuitive, but they are the gold standard of air filtration, we were told, right here on WBEN. Um, so now you don't have to wear the mask anywhere. And it is very... Interesting to see how this has been covered versus the actual reaction. So how this has been covered. The mask mandate ends in the planes, and I'm let's cycle through the headlines. Market Watch on CBS. Experts dismayed by response to face mask mandate ruling as airlines immediately drop requirements. Dismayed, the experts. Uh, New York Times, the mask mandate ended mid-flight, sparking cheers and alarm. Sticking with the New York Times, concerns rise as passenger masks fall. So the headlines, uh, again, oh, very concerned about this uh, latest thing. Now, if we look at the actual response, what happened? Every video I saw, what did I see? Somebody singing? The uh, Everyone cheerfully throwing their mask in the middle of a flight into a garbage bag? Everyone seemed happy about it. You don't have to do on-off, on-off, depending on where you are in the airport. It seemed like people are pretty excited about it. And then there's this uh, this morning, airline stocks soaring upon news of the mandate being lifted. So there doesn't seem to be that much concern, but rather optimism for getting people back in the air. That's nice to see. You don't have to worry about it too much anymore. That was one of the last holdouts for wearing the mask, except for a couple of airports. It is uh, all good. And that's, by the way, it's been the case over in uh, London and the U.K. for uh, a months now. And when they did it, um, you know, it just it, it happened. <laughs> and there wasn't a big outcry. And then and they've been going along with it for a while. And they're good. Canada, though, you're going up to Toronto. No, different story. you got to put the mask on on the plane. So I think when, as soon as you cross the border into Canada, if you are on a flight to Vancouver... You have to put it back on. Is that the rule? We'll see how that uh, plays out. And then, you know, I always love this. Uh, we have to bring it up over and over again. Um, the the argument of the money could have been spent better, right? Money could have been spent better for that new Bills stadium. And what's the always? Well, you should have spent that on education. Okay, well, what is, what's our education money doing? Let's head right to MIT. Uh, this is what's going on in one of our most prestigious universities. An MIT researcher is working on cracking the code of the Oreo cookie. A PhD candidate and self-proclaimed 
oreoologist, Crystal Owens, researches the mechanics of soft solids, like 3D printer material, and she's studying the forces needed to get a perfect split between the halves of an Oreo using an instrument called the reameter. Her crew, after much work, found the sweet spot that leaves all the cream on one side of an Oreo and none on the other. Her dogged research says that that's because when Oreos are made, the cream is spread on one side before the two halves are sandwiched together. A call to Nabisco would have answered that one, but we did some research. Here's the Oreoologist herself. That time delay is enough that you have, like, the cream attaches much better to the cookie that first makes contact. We found that if you, if you split it perfectly, actually the cream will be all on one wafer and not at all on the other one. Owen says she hopes her work will show others they can explore their world from many sides way to go that's (laughs) that's all i but just you know so you know when you're making the argument we should have spent the money on education this is a look into a window open into one of our prestigious universities mit they're spending their time cracking the code on how to open an oreo my in related news i got to see if i can get them into nit uh, mit my toddler is also working on cracking the code and splitting an Oreo. He did one yesterday after lunch. He found the sweet spot. It only took him like five tries and no uh, <laughs> no tuition needed. It's amazing. I'm, I got a little Einstein. What can I say? Raising of myself. But, no, our big story of the day was something else uh, that we were talking about this morning that I found very interesting. The title, Has Tipping Gotten Out of Control? Listen in. We've all been there ordering food at a restaurant and you're handed a tablet to pay and tip. Well, not everyone's happy about that. The New York Times spoke with several customers who say those prompts to tip with only options like 20, 25 percent or even higher are getting out of control and make them uncomfortable. More places where you pick up your order are also now asking for tips. One woman was prompted to tip 35 percent on cookies. Average tips at the height of the pandemic were 23%, but they've gone down slightly, now just under 20%. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. Okay, so a lot of interesting things there on tipping. How do you tip? What is your average tip? And are you one of these people who think tipping has gotten out of control? 803-0930 to join me today. You can send me a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or give me a call, 803-0930. I uh, I have a few theories on this. One, I'm a little dismayed when I hear this report about tipping during the pandemic was at a high. And that high, 23%. I mean, that doesn't seem like that's like the pandemic all-time high before. Uh, Susan and I were in here talking earlier about, you know, you tried to tip a little bit more. During the pandemic, these people weren't getting any foot traffic. Um, you know, they're trying to make ends meet they're going to work so i you know i was trying to do 30 or something like that in the few times that i would eat out uh when everything was closed so i was surprised to see that as 23 percent i and the average is below 20 now i that part uh, catches me by surprise because i am always under the assumption 20 percent is your tip 
Now, that's what I've been told. That's, I mean, that is industry standard, I thought. You tip 20%, and then you go from there. Is it great service? Did they go above and beyond? Um, did I spill water all over, you know, and have to, <laughs> you know, do uh, they had some extra cleanup or were quick with the napkin or something like that? Uh, then you go above 20, but 20 is the basic. You do the bare minimum. And you're getting 20%. You, it would have to be something really insulting for me to go below 20% on a tip. So that's the, the first thing that kind of surprised me there when talking about how people tip. Now, that people are complaining that the little screen now, because this is how everything works, it's all cashless. It's all on this iPad or phone terminal, and they give it to you, and then they, you know, you boom, boom, boom. They have, like, the buttons, and, like, oh, you want 20 25%. I actually like it because it takes the math out of your equation. You do have to pay attention, though. You don't want somebody showing 20%, and then it's actually, like, 50%. I don't think they'd do that, but I actually like it because I don't have to do the math anymore. Uh, but... According to this report, people are dismayed and they think tipping has gotten out of control because the pay terminal is suggesting 20%. I, of course it would. I mean, what would it suggest? And I see most of them that I see, it goes 15, 20, 25. And that's what I see in terms of, you know, what they're suggesting as a tip. And normally I'll hit 20 or 25, and it depends on the service again. But I, being offended that you would suggest 20, I mean, 20, do we need to broadcast this out there? 20%. That's the tip. I mean, that's your standard, and it should be the standard. I don't see why people are getting upset in this. I really can't figure it out. Now, I do have some theories on this. Now, one is that the pay terminal that everyone has now with the screen, it's like on an iPhone or an iPad. You put your, everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's everywhere. And even the servers at restaurants have it. But it's also in places where you would never think to tip before. If you're going to like a pet store and buying a collar and you cash out and then all of a sudden, hey, would you like to tip? I'm like, uh, really? I don't like I'm, I'm just cashing out here. Things like that. I think that's where people are starting to say, what, was I supposed to be tipping all along? Because I never did before. And now you're under a little bit of pressure because they're looking at you. They know where the tip buttons are. They know what you're pressing. I mean, it's it creates a little bit of an awkward situation right there. Like, uh, I mean, in most cases, I'm like, uh, no tip. If I'm just cashing out, I've never thought this isn't like a tip job. And I know you're not getting the tipped wage, which uh, that makes a big difference too. Not so much. There's the in-betweeners, right? I used to work at Cold Stone. There was the tip jar there, and everyone sings. Not me. Sorry. I'm not doing it. Um, but, you know, it's it's not obligatory to tip. It's not like going out to dinner. But you might throw your change in there. 
You might throw a dollar or two. And now that's showing 15% on the pay terminal. And you're going, well, let's customize, you know, maybe a dollar or something. So I can see that is where people are getting a little, I don't know, frantic. But then I think the big thing is 20% tip, you're going out to eat, is a lot more than what it used to be. Because your bill going out to eat is a lot more than what it used to be. I, my wife and I went out for breakfast the other uh, week. It was her birthday. She's a big brunch fan, so we did a brunch instead of a dinner. At the end of it all, our bill was over $50 with the tip for breakfast. <laughs> you know, this for breakfast food at breakfast. The price of everything is going way up. And then when you add 20%, your 20% tip is way more than what it used to be. So what I kind of think when I hear tipping is getting out of control and people complaining about percentages, I don't think people are really meaning to say, oh, why is it asking me to tip 20%? Although there might be some of that. People are just used to a flat tip, which may or may not work on the scenario. But I think what people are really upset about is, I mean, the whole bill went up, so now 20% went up, and now my entire cost of an evening out is more expensive than what it used to be. And, you know, I say to that, I mean, don't put the blame on the tip. You know, it's, you put the blame on everything else. Somebody texted in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is, you know, why should I have to tip 20%? This person texting in, if these people are making $20 an hour, which increased the food cost, why should I put 20% on top of that? Well, let's correct some wrongs here. First off, no one's servers making $20 an hour unless you're in a nice place. I mean, show me the restaurants where your wait staff is making $20 an hour plus tips because I'd like to apply for a job. And they're blaming an increase, which doesn't really exist. This a massive increase in wages and putting the blame on that for why the cost of food is going up, for why your bill is going up at the end of the day. And let's reset that as well. The cost of your food when you go out to eat is not going up because of the wages. The cost of your food when you're going up to eat, out to eat is going out up because the cost of food is going up. Have you been to a grocery store? <laughs> I mean, the cost of food is going up. So that doesn't just mean where you buy it to make it at home. That means everywhere you get food. And for these reasons, I mean, these are why I think people are getting a little anxious when it comes to the tip. And why 20% may have been the standard and now it makes your stomach a little queasy because your bill is way bigger than it used to be. And like, wow, 20%, of the, that's a big tip. Somebody else chiming in, 803-0930. A 50-year-old, I remember 15% used to be the minimum standard. Why and how did it become 20%? Why not pay servers a living wage and forego tipping altogether? Now there's an idea. I like that idea. Paying servers as if everyone else got paid. And then you eliminate tipping. But that would take, like, everything to change, right? And this big announcement <laughs> saying that tipping is going away. 
which I think a lot of people would not like because some people really like giving the tip. And as uh, someone pointed out on our text board, cash tips too. Never on the card, always cash. I like to do that if possible. But, you know, it, it goes up and up, the tip, because, well, I, the wages didn't increase. Everything costs way more. I, you got to help out these servers. 20%. Are you, has tipping getting out of, gotten out of control? I think it stayed the same. Apparently not everyone's on board with that. 803-0930. Brian Mazarowski, I'll be back on WBEN. All right, welcome back. Brian Mazarowski here with you for uh, the rest of the hour or so. Is tipping uh, becoming increasingly a, uh, a point of concern for you? Are you now questioning who to tip, where to tip, because of the new ways you have to tip? <laughs> Let me know. 803-0930. We're going right to the phones. Charlie is joining us. Uh, Charlie tipping. Has it changed in the last couple of years for you? Hey, good morning, Brian. Uh, not really. Um, but I have a question. When you tip, uh, what number do you base your uh, tip on? Do you base it on before tax or after tax? I do 20% before tax. Or wait, no, 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 no. 20% of whatever is in big, bold numbers. So that would be after tax. After tax. I've always gone uh, with before tax, and I don't really know why I um, I don't. I don't think that's you know. Do you do twenty percent? Yeah, plus. Yeah. For breakfast, because the uh, the the wait staff really has to work harder at breakfast. I think. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's uh, twenty twenty plus. Um, but it's always. Uh, I always look at the before tax number. Um, uh, I think that's different. You know. Different strokes for different folks, Charlie. I don't think you're in the wrong at all. It's just, uh, you know, if you're doing 20% or more based on whatever number is near the bottom of that bill, I think you're pretty much in the clear, and you got the right frame of mind. Charlie, thanks. Uh, we'll go over now to Mike in Williamsville. Mike, you're on WBEN. Um, tipping, are, has it gotten more complicated in your mind? Well, I don't know if it's gotten more complicated. Um, you know, the, the standard used to be 15%, Brian, or a lot of people used to say twice the tax. You know, back in the 1980s when I was serving tables, we were making 219 an hour plus tips. Right now, you know, the, some of them are making, some of the employers are paying $15 an hour plus tips, which is great, I mean, considering where we are. But um, I have friends that work in the industry, and because of that, our rate has increased. They're not... Uh, they're not tipping as well or even at all. Well, I mean, you know, just to, I think what's the tipped wage in New York State right now, I think, is uh, $13. Um, it, that's the minimum uh, tipped wage workers. Or wait, no. Let me I, – I have to uh, get my numbers all straight. Yep. The, the, I think that's with tips, cash and tip combined – minimum uh, wage but your minimum cash wage in new york if you're expected to get tips from the employer uh i believe is eight dollars yeah it's just uh, just over eight dollars and then the tip is expected to make up the rest to bring you to at least thirteen twenty. so i mean it's not that much you're not being paid everywhere fifteen dollars plus tips and i would say mike even if you were you know 
What is that getting you? Like nothing nowadays. Exactly. And you talked about the, the style of tipping, you know, the, the, the pads that show up and it says 15, 25, 50%. It's like they bypass the 20 and then it has a button for other. And a lot of people just don't want to take the time. I take the time. Um, I agree with you that um, in these situations, you know, you, you tip based on the actual kind of uh, how good the service was. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Mike, thanks for the call. 803-0930. More lines opening up uh, to join me on WBEN. I, I, you tip based on how good the service was. It, it Typically, it would take a lot to go below 20%, 20 or higher. There are some weird exceptions to the rule, right? That's assuming that's you going out, sitting down, and getting service. Um, at a bar, what do you, I was I was thinking about this over the weekend. I always like to carry cash at a bar, but at a bar, I'm you know I'm not a fancy person. It's uh, you know a beer or something straight at a bar. Uh, it doesn't take much work, but it's a dollar a drink if you're paying with cash. If you pay with a card, it's still twenty percent, right? You don't do a dollar drink at a bar. You just do twenty percent of whatever your total was at the end of the night. But if you're paying cash, dollar a drink. Is how, you know, I've always kind of done it. That's what I feel like is the generally accepted rule out there. And on the tip terminal thing, I just don't understand people taking offense to a suggested tip that they give you. Look, I mean, if it's something, like I said, you go to like a five guys, right? You go to one of these places where you've never really, there used to be a tip jar there. Maybe every now and again, you tip a few dollars. But it's not expected of you to give a tip. And now all of a sudden with these pay terminals, it's, hey, what do you want to tip? I mean, listen, it's giving you an option, right? I mean, you don't have to take it. So I, I never, you know, found that offensive or anything, suggesting a tip. I just think, you know, you roll with it. If you, if you don't want to leave a tip in those situations where you've never done it before and it's not expected, you still have the option to do so. Frank, you're on WBEN. Uh, has tipping gotten more stressful for you? Yeah. Well, I got two two quick stories for you. One, I just uh, came back from getting a haircut. I won't name the place. It's a it's a major chain in our area, and on their, their t- and I'm not cheap. You know, I, I especially for a personal service, I always tip probably better than you know you should. But their minimum tip is it's a dollar amount. They don't give you the choice of percentage. Um, so the minimum tip on a $21 haircut is $5. That's 25%. Um, the second one is $8. It's 38%. It goes up from there. Uh, you don't have the option to, you know, say, well, I don't know, you got a bad haircut. You just want to tip, you know, a dollar or whatever. And it's not really my gripe. Uh, my gripe is my daughter. My daughter actually is a server at the Galleria Mall. And, again, I won't mention the restaurant. It's a nice one. And she she works four tips, and she was telling me that during COVID, she made more money during COVID than she did before COVID because the Canadians, the Canadians don't tip. Uh, a lot of them don't tip. I shouldn't say they don't all tip, but she could not stand getting tables that were Canadian customers because they wouldn't tip. And during COVID, she would make more money because there was more, she was getting more tables that were American customers you know maybe less tables but still making more money and now that the canadians are starting to filter back in she's making less money than she was during covid 
Frank, I like the Patriots. How it works in Canada. Hey, here's a here's just a here's a tip for you, Frank. Um, if you get a bad haircut and you're still in the building, you're still in the building, buddy. You got tell him to brush it up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, thanks for the call and thanks for listening. Uh, I I've always thought that the barber shop was interesting because I I have a couple of uh, things on it. it. Frank was mentioning a place like a chain place. Or like a salon type place of getting your hair cut, where typically you know the the shop is owned by somebody, but whoever is cutting your hair, they're paying the place to you know be there to have their seat, and you have to tip that person because that's how they're making their money. I mean, the cost of the haircut is only like a fraction of that is going to them. The rest is going to, you know, whatever the brand name is, and then it's a little bit to pay, you know, to just have the privilege of, you know, having a seat there. So you have to tip well at those chain places. Now, where I go, I go to a barbershop. I've always gone to a barbershop, which is owned and operated by, you know, the person who's there cutting your hair. And I always tip because I don't want a bad haircut. (laughs) But I... uh, would understand the argument of, listen, you own the place. Charge me what you want to charge for a haircut, right? I I mean, if you're taking home whatever it is at the end of the day, there's no, you know, fee to the big brand name. There's no fee to keep your chair. I mean, you're the owner-operator haircutter. Whatever's on the sign should be whatever you want to make for a haircut. And so I can see the person who says, well, hey, you know, owner-operator right there, I do, do you really have to tip? I mean, they're making their own price. They're not tipping out anybody. They're not doing anything like that. I, I mean, what's going on here? Now I still tip. I walk out. It's, a haircut is now up to $15. It raised in price over the pan, like everything. And I, it's a 20 and see you later for me at the, uh, the barbershop. Because you don't want to get a bad haircut. But I'm saying I would understand if people don't want to tip at the barber. Uh, we'll go to Peggy now on uh, WBEN. Peggy, uh, tipping, what's your uh, strategy going about it? First, I think you should stay out of the chain restaurants that have that little gizmo on the table. And the reason is... It's not just chains now, Peggy. It's, it's just about everywhere. Tip in cash. You could charge your uh, bill, but... Tip in cash and support local restaurants and don't go to the chains. Hey, Peggy, thanks for the call and the advice. Um, I think it's just about everywhere. Everywhere has those. But whether it is locally owned or a chain restaurant, I do like the tipping in cash. It's not always possible. But if I have cash on me, I prefer to leave the tip in cash than on the card. And that just goes back to an experience I had where – People would leave tips onto cards all the time, and me as an employee would never see them. (laughs) Because, you know, unbeknownst to us, they had to be added into the system separately or something like that that we were never told of. And all those tips ended up just going to the store, and we never saw them at the end of the day. So <laughs> I'm sitting here like, what? So ever since I, we came to that realization, 
I've always been like, okay, tip in cash because I know for sure that's going right into that person's pocket. Uh, and, you know, how do you tip? What is the thing? Uh, somebody's chiming in, 803-0930. You can weigh in our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or uh, give us a call this morning. Uh, someone's saying, if I'm doing takeout, I see no need to tip. People are just doing their jobs, not serving me anything. And, you know, that's a... I would say it depends on what it is, right? Now, if I'm taking out a pizza, I'm not putting a tip on it. If you're getting it delivered, obviously, there's a tip. But if I'm going and getting the pizza and bringing no, I'm not giving a tip. Now, when all the restaurants were closed down, I, I was leaving big tips because there was no option for these people to be tipped. No one was walking through the door. I mean, the curbside service was all they had. And I still think now, if you're doing something more high-end in takeout, you you want to add a little bit of something. It's not the full tip is dining in. But I still think there's a little something there depending on the meal that you get. And someone else making the point of bigger groups of people at restaurants add gratuity and don't tell you. You have to watch. Well, you see it on the bill. I think most people, if you actually look at the bill, if you're in a big group. And typically, I I think you want to put a little bit more on top of that. Because gratuity added, they don't usually do 20%, at least in my experience. We'll go to Pat. Pat's in Buffalo, and now he's on WBEN. Uh, is tipping gotten more, uh, I don't know, difficult for you? It depends on where you go. Uh, hypothetically, I'm going to use an issue here, if I may. Um, last week, I went to a chain restaurant, and I got me three plain fish. That isn't a complicated order to go. It's simple. Staying there for over a half hour. They gave me the wrong menu, uh, thing. They took it back. The guy, I said, plain fish, nothing on it. He turned around. They brought it back. The girl says, oh, yeah, there's three fish in there. I stirred it. Before I left, I checked it. Do you know how complicated it is for somebody to say plain fish and they give you nothing but a bun? No fish, no nothing, a plain bun. And I paid 20-something dollars for that, tax and everything. I go back to the girl. I says, open it up. She says, what's the matter? I says, just open it up. She opened it up. The guy did. She says, I says, now, where's the fish that I'm supposedly paid for here? I'm not paying that, and I'm out for, for a bun. So the guy's in there that cooked it. So I said, well, you said plain fish, so that meant you didn't want nothing but the bun. And... and and the girl jumped out. So then he turned around and she says, you make the, make the order with nothing but a sandwich, a fish. He turned around. He wanted to put cheese on it. She says, what are you doing? Now, these young kids nowadays, they go into these restaurants. They get $15 an hour. You, you, you think that they have a high school diploma and it's not that hard to complicate what what you're saying to them and, and repeating it six times and they turn around and give you a plain bun? I mean, where is the 
the experience and everything else that entitles these kids. They don't know. They're just out of school. They're not trained. They're not qualified. And they get $15 an hour. In my <laughs> opinion, you're going to get customers that you don't deserve a tip. And quite frankly, I think the chain company should train these people a lot better than, than to turn around and having these kids make these innocent mistakes because they're not properly trained all right, Pat. I, I love the call. Um, let me tell you something. If you want somebody to be experienced, if that's what you're expecting when you go out to eat, you're going to have to pay them a hell of a lot more than $15 an hour. <laughs> you see, there's a correlation here. <laughs> let me. T- the same people complaining about no one uh, having experience. What? I can't believe we pay them $15. There's no, exp- well, there's no experience because it doesn't pay well. Oh, you want experienced uh, people uh, and, uh, you know, workers to really know what they're doing when you go out to order? Well, that's what they're trying to do at Starbucks uh, with these people forming a union. They say, yeah, you know, this is a job we'd like to stay on and uh, be experienced at for a while and kind of have. And what happens? Uh, Pat calls in and says, I can't believe they want a union at Starbucks. (laughs) You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. It's one or the other. I just, I would have loved to have been uh, servers of Western New York. I, I want your comments, 8030930, when you're sitting there and uh, Pat or whoever else just says, plain fish. <laughs> what? Huh? I would actually be confused. Yes, I would. <laughs> plain fish. Like, scaled? I don't breaded just like on the grill i don't what 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 are you going for here oh on a bun what (laughs) that's i don't know what my reaction would be but you can't have it both ways 15 dollars an hour i can understand to some of you who were working at a restaurant 60 years ago that that seems like a ton of money and it is comparatively to what you might have made but it is nothing now. Fifteen dollars that does not buy you anything right now. Proof of point, go out to eat. <laughs> and see how many hours you'd have to work to make the end of your bill. And you can't complain in the same breath. Why do I have no experienced workers and that workers are making too much money? And that they shouldn't be paid. It's just, none of it makes sense. It doesn't add up. If that's what you really want, and experience what you well, you're, someone's going to have to pay for it. Go to Bob. Bob is in Florida. Much nicer than what it is here, Bob. Uh, what's on your mind with tipping? Well, there's no oh, tipping. Let me tell you about tipping. I was, I was, thank you for taking my call. I belong to a Bills backers group out here in Florida, and we have the wait staff that wants to work Sunday when the Buffalo Bills people come in there. In other words, the people from Western New York, because we have this organized chaos going on. You know, the Bills are winning, people are screaming, beers going all over, wings are out there. But one of the biggest reasons why is that they're hustling. You got about 200 people in there, and you're watching the wait staff moving and grooving and getting out there and doing this stuff. And we all recognize that. And I think, depending on the tipping, you take a look at the environment you're in, what you tip. You know, like in a sports bar, these people are catering to 200 plus people, and we all know that. 
And we tip them not 20%, we tip them almost 50% because of what they're doing. And a lot of it we tip cash, too. And people are very respectful for what they do. You know, not looking at somebody making $15 an hour making a latte. These are people that are hustling their tail off out there. Um, but it's a big difference, I think, with the environment that you're in when you look at tipping. I agree. Hey, uh, and got to run, Bob. Thanks for the call. Listen, I again, it just starts at 20%, right? And I, I think a lot of people see that. If you're in a busy, crazy restaurant, right, uh, people are going everywhere, you see everyone working their tail off, you're going to get a bigger tip. I think that uh, I just was surprised this morning. I'm looking at that. Has tipping gotten out of control? I'm thinking, like, no. But the price of things has gotten out of control. Um, but I think tipping has stayed the same. Thanks for being with me. I'll be back here tomorrow. BMS and Beamer on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.